challenge at the graveside when the rain came pouring down. But the Lord was with us. So everything is well done. Amen. We have a load shed here at 4 o'clock. Now normally that makes some people happy when, you know, people don't like load shedding. Like when you're at home, then you say, it's, it's come, it's, it's come. But like when you're in a church and you say, I can't preach long because of load shedding, then inside of them they say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for Eskom. <clears throat> you see, the topic I'm speaking about in the, the, for the three days is, is specifically about those, those things, those hidden mindsets. Do you see now? <clears throat> because you can never tell somebody's face. Where's Robin? Uh, you can never tell on somebody's face what the person is thinking, do you see? Because most people pretend, pretend. People are not who they really are. Do you know that? Pastor Ali, he likes to preach my messages because I encourage my pastors to preach my messages. Like the message they hear, I preach, take it and go preach it again. It's scriptural. The same things you hear from me, Paul said, teach it to other people. It's very scriptural. Then they in turn must teach others. I'm thinking about that because, uh, what's that thing about Julius Caesar, about the face, the mind? Yeah, something like that. Try, get it right and then you tell me. But let me tell you the story of Assemblies of God, Elder. You see, he came home. He, he was going to have a board meeting with his pastor, his senior pastor, somewhere in Steenburg, where Pastor Robin lives. And then, somehow the board meeting was canceled. So the pastor, that time, Pastor Clarence is a great man of God, he came on a bicycle traveling just in the streets of Steamberg, he came to tell the elder that the meeting for tonight is off. Do you see? So as he came to this elder's house, <laughs> the elder wasn't home, but the wife was there. Then he said, I'm just coming to tell the elder that the meeting is off. So the wife said, Pastor, if you wait a few minutes, my husband is coming home at five. I made pastor some tea. So she made him a cup of tea, the, the senior pastor, and he was sitting in the house. So the man came around, but he came around the back. You know, some houses have a back entrance. They can come in that street or in this street. So he came around the back entrance. So he didn't see the pastor because there's a little wall like this. The pastor was sitting with a cup of tea, but he didn't see, you know. And so, as he got on the bicycle, as he got over the fence, sorry, he got over the fence, he saw his wife, and so he told her, Yarra! Ik is vrek honger, man! Waar is frieten? But so she wanted to tell him, 
an elder. But when he saw the pastor's feet, he ran back and he didn't come home till the next day. Oh, you my sister. So I'm telling you your faces. I'm telling you, pre most people pretend. Believe me, most people. When you get people that's too honest and too genuine, then you, they get criticized for being rude and for sharing private things. <laughs> so I was just saying hello to you and I'm telling you that there's load shedding at four. What's the saying? You must come with pens here. This is not a, like a normal service. You're, this is a teaching session. You're coming to learn here. I'll tell them now. I want them to get their pens ready. Listen, all of you. Listen to me. Listen. Yesterday I said that by God's grace I have I have made some strides in the Christian circles. Do you know? God has blessed me to meet men of God, to travel to other countries, to preach, to build a church, to have a large church. I, I've made small, small strides. Do you understand? I think probably much more than some of you here. I'm saying that humbly. But I also want to tell you how I made those strides. Do you see now? And it was not coming to a conference like this and not taking notes and not, not, being, not being interested in the things of God. You will never make strides in Christianity. Are you with me? Like yesterday I said, who's here because your pastor forced you to come? You see, these are things that's genuine. I'm talking truth. But if you really, look, your life is very short. 70 years goes by in a, the apostle asked, James asked, what is life? What is your life? It is like a vapor. Now you see it. Now you don't. Do you see? So you don't have much time. Don't say, no man, one day I will get to the thing. You must start to get serious with God. All of you, I'm talking to all of you. It's time to get serious. Stop playing the fool. Are you with me? I was with Bishop Eddie recently, Bishop Dag's right-hand man, and he told me very few no, 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 Bishop Agum. Is that the rain? He said, very few people, very few Christians are serious with God. And I, and I understand what he says, but I want to help you. All right? Don't come. This is a great teaching session where you're going to learn a lot. So take notes. And yesterday, the pastor that was sitting in front, I saw him just scribbling notes, 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 notes. And at the end of the service, when I met him at the back, he said, do you mind if I preach what you spoke yesterday? And I didn't preach yesterday. I just actually introduced loyalty. But he said, I want to preach this sermon on Sunday. I said, what are you going to say? Because I really didn't come with point one, point two. But he wrote down three pages. He's ready. He's getting excited to preach. <laughs> so get serious. Tell your neighbor, get serious. Get serious. Serious. When I started learning Koza the first time, 
I thought that Sirius was a Tosa word. So this is not, it's actually English. Sirius. Let us start properly. Let's greet all the board members again. Clap for them. These are board members. I have a ministry called Chris Ross Ministries, and they are part of my board. They belong to the board. So they're always welcome here. Amen. Wonderful. Today I'm going to talk about loyalty and disloyalty. What's that thing you said? There is no art. Write it, write it. There is no art to find the mind's construction in the face. It's a book that, that we did when we were at school. Macbeth. Julius, who's the author? Shakespeare, William Shakespeare. William Shakespeare. It is school gegaan. It is a word from William Shakespeare. It has Engels. English novels. The children today, I don't know if they do this. Do they do? Did you do William Shakespeare at school? What did you do? Anke Kroch? Huh? Adam Tuss? No. We, we, William Shakespeare was the English master in, in writing novels and all these things. Say again that, that thing. There is no art to find the mind's construction in the face. It's just a nice way to say, it can not op your gezicht sien wat sy dink nie. Kijk hoe smel sy met my, maar ek weet nie wat sy dink nie. You know, it's only after you see the end result of people that you actually discover what that person was thinking all along. Do you know? You can't see it early. You need to wait for like, almost like the climax of this person's fruit. I'll explain to you now. Adolf Hitler. He was a man that was uh, responsible for 50 million deaths in the world. Adolf Hitler the leader of Germany in the Second World War. The Second World War was from 1939 to 1945. September, it started in September 30, 1939, when Germany invaded Poland. Ask your neighbor, did you do history? <laughs> but Julie, um, Adolf Hitler, he, he attended Bible school. And Stalin also attended Bible school. Stalin was Russia's leader. The two of them fought each other in the, war, in the Second World War. And Adolf Hitler uh, was a very prim and proper man. He led Germany way before the war. And Germany was one of the poorest countries in the world when Adolf Hitler became their leader. And because of his reforms, his economic reforms, he transformed Germany to be one of the nicest, richest countries. Do you see now? So if you, if that was before 1939. But because of his greed, he then attacked Poland, Austria. He wanted to take over the whole world. And it was the start of the Second World War. So if Adolf Hitler had to retire or 
died in 1939, he would have been known as a hero for the things that he did. Do you see now? But this final result, hey, makes us all think this was a wicked man used by devils and demons. But you couldn't see it if I show you pictures of how nice he looked when he came in his suit, his shiny shoes, Crockett and Jones. You can't see the mind's construction in the face. Are you with me? It's only afterwards when you see somebody left the church and has evil things to say, then you realize, yeah, this must be what the Nayans are Are you the English girl? You're the one that don't understand Afrikaans, right? I remember you sat here yesterday. Please forgive, sometimes I have to go into the vernacular. <laughs> Not Dracula, vernacular. But I forgive me, okay? We, know, we used to have a person sitting here with a signboard, English please, English please. I told the person to sit here to remind me to say English please. But the person lifted up the board so much, I said, hey, says Gafaya. You irritate me. So let me start by saying this to you. I pray the Holy Spirit help me to give you really the keys that made help me in my life. And that is like, yeah, I can say, here, let it rain, let it rain, I still can't. You must have a hunger for God. That's the key. You must be hungry for God. And say, like my children, my daughter was writing me all the time, Daddy, two more days for the conference. You know? Daddy, one more day. Daddy, are you excited? I said, what are you But it's how they are excited for to come and hear. I'm their own father. I mean, I can speak to them every day, but they know that when I'm standing here, I'm in an office. It's a Holy Ghost anointed display that you will see now. Most of the things I don't plan to say that I say here. It's the Holy Spirit that is working. So I'm saying to you, my life, my young life, I used to listen to preaching tapes all the time. I was a teenager. I gave my life to Christ when I was 12 years old. And I developed a love for God's things. God's men, God's servants. I admired the servants of God. A lot of the things that Bishop Dag writes in his book, we practiced, but we never, it was not written down for us. Yeah. Like my mother and father was good examples to us. They, we, I never, we never heard them say bad things about servants of the Lord, men of God, never. So they, they taught us that, you know, just by observation. You must learn by observation. Are you here? Yeah. So we never, even when a man of God has a problem, don't, we, we have no comment to make. And that is what I want to teach you also. And yesterday I made you repeat after me. I want to make you repeat again. Say after me, I have no comment to make about that. Yeah. So if somebody asks you, it's a gehoor van Pastor Chris. Then you say, I have no comment to make about that. You know. No comment to make. You see, loyalty, the loyalty, the faithfulness teachings 
is very important because once again, as I say, there is no art to find the mind's construction in the face. Yeah. And nowadays with the makeup available and the hair, you don't know if the lady's hair is a real hair. I, I pull my sisters, the sisters in the church, I pull their hair. Because my wife is always telling me, that's not that lady's real hair. Then I said, no, it is. But the way that it is now connected, invisible mending. So the only way is to pull it. Then they say, pastor. I said, no, I'm checking, is this your hair? Yes, it's I need to know who I'm talking to. Amen? And they right. Today I want to help you to understand we have an enemy. That's why we talk about warfare. Amen? God is not into killing people, into destroying things, but the rise of an enemy necessitates that we must be involved in a war. Are you with me? Yeah. One of the people or persons that goes down in history as being uh, partly the reason why the Second World War started was the Prime Minister of England, Neville Chamberlain. I'm telling you the story. You haven't read it, but listen to me, okay? Neville Chamberlain uh, had what we call a strategy of appeasement. This is a warfare conference, so listen to warfare stories. In other words, when Adolf Hitler came to power, he started demanding things from other countries. Are you with me? And Neville Chamberlain was the president of, uh, sorry, the prime minister of England, and he was the one that said, we must just live in peace. We must live in peace. There's no need to fight. There's no need to fight. Give Adolf Hitler what he wants then there will be no fighting. Some of the other countries started saying, you can't just, this man can't just get everything he wants. No. He, look, if, you, if we just talk things over, you know, we can negotiate about things, uh, and then we don't have to make war. Because it seems that Hitler is really coming, he's uh, not coming to fight, is what he thought. Neville Chamberlain. You see, and whilst he was negotiating with this type of uh, careful approach, Hitler was busy getting tanks ready, aeroplanes ready, missiles ready. In his mind, he was going to take over the world. Yeah. And every time Neville Chamberlain fly to Germany to have a meeting with him, say, we can, we can sort things, don't, don't, don't. And then, on September 30, 1939, Adolf Hitler attacked Poland. He invaded Poland. He took over the country, like Russia is now taking Ukraine. Took over the country. And after that, it was Austria, then it was, he came for France, he came for all these places. But that prime minister, that was always trying to negotiate. You see, 
He was the problem. And then they could see Hitler is taking over the whole of Europe. And then the English said, Haal die paprook weg! That lady there that don't understand, somebody, she was Afrikaans, ne? Morgan Sama. So, elke keer dan said in het van wat ik zeg. Take that paprook away! And then they elected in the House of Commons and the House of Lords Winston Churchill. And it was that man that said, Hitler's dingus, I can't say now on the tape. Hitler's a massive He said, a very famous speech, we will fight him. We will fight him on the beaches. We will fight him on the forefronts. We will fight him in the sky. We will never surrender. And even if he defeats us, our other colonies that we started all over the islands, they will come to our aid. We will fight him, but we will never surrender. You see, I'm trying to tell you something. There are many people that mock these teachings we do. That's why your churches can't grow. Because you must not have this policy of appeasement. Pastor. I tell many of these pastors, they know. When, I, when they tell me the stories of people, I say, get rid of that one. No, we, we want to negotiate. There's a lot of Neville Chamberlain sitting in front here. But in warfare, there's principles of warfare. One of the principles is that you must never deal with an enemy in the spirit of benevolence. Benevolence is another word for kindness. Don't be kind to an enemy. It's a principle of war. Nichu, nichu, nichichu. Is a Chinese guy who wrote the, the famous book, The Art of War. The Art of War. And in, in that book, he will tell you, never deal with an enemy. Because the enemy has something in his mind. He wants to defeat you. Are you with me? The enemy's mind is, in warfare, they're not coming to make friendly, you see, that's why I couldn't understand now they were saying, no, Russia and the soldiers of Ukraine, they agreed that when we fight, we're not going to kill civilians. We just fight one another, you see. So when we come, we say, are you a civilian? Okay, no, let's go. Look, in warfare, they kill anybody they, because they can't trust. Is this, is this a guy under disguise? Just not do it, not do it. I watched a movie just the other day uh, on my Netflix. <laughs> you, you all have Netflix soon, I prophesy. We all have Netflix. It's called Beast of No Nation. Who saw that movie, Beast of No Nation? Yes, like shame. Jullie kijk net SABC, maar die Heere gaat vir julle dieren opmaak. Amen. 
Beast of No Nation is a beautiful film about the wars in Africa. It's a warfare conference, are we talking about war? It's a beautiful film, Beast of No Nation. You see now, as I'm talking in my shirt, when Bishop Dag talks and he says something, I write it down. If he says this book, I write it down. Then I go look for that stuff. That's how I've developed and grown. I'm telling you a secret. Jason, where are you? Where's that, that clip you said you need to play for these people? Get it ready and play. They think I'm joking. Play it now so they can hear that I've been endorsed. And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. It's a secret. It, it is. Pastor Chris Ross has nicely explained one of the secrets. Yeah. He has nicely explained. He has nicely explained. Now, all of you sitting here, because you are part of the church, you might not have left yet. Or you might be coming from another church where you left to come here. And you might not have done it right. And the only excuse you will have to escape by God is that the excuse Paul used when he said, I've done it in ignorance. You see, I didn't know better. That's why I did these wicked things. Now that Pastor Chris is nicely explaining it, you see, you're going to be judged by God for your next uh, uh, demonic things you do, you do. You're going to be judged by God. Yes. Now, I'm going to talk about those who leave the churches. Amen. I want you to understand the hidden messages. And I was talking to you about very modern slogans I see on Facebook now that is against war strategy. How can you be friends with enemies? Uh-huh. And now the, 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 the statement comes like this. People who leave your church shouldn't be your enemy. You see, policy of appeasement, Neville Chamberlain. But the enemy is preparing to attack. Mm -hmm. So, the enemy wants to destroy the church and that's why the church finds it very hard to develop, to grow, even to build buildings, to meet in places. I mean, if you really think about it, if we pastors can keep all the members that come to our churches, our churches will be overflowing. But Satan doesn't want the church to be powerful. And he uses his main weapon called deception. Yesterday I asked you to write these words down. Deception. Delusion. In other words, you can't easily see it. Otherwise, there's no need for this conference. It's a deception. You can't see. Somebody else must be able to see for you. Have you ever bought something and it was not, 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 not uh, a, a real sale? Like somebody says he's going to sell you something and you give him the money, but actually that it was there was nothing there you must be careful that is that is the area of deception 
we, we were just recently going to buy something for the church. And this person was telling us everything about this, some equipment we needed, and he was going to send it, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And then he said, we must send the money. But immediately, I, I felt something in my spirit. I said to my wife, wait. Wait with that money. This guy has completely sold himself to the two people from my church that spoke to them, to him. Yeah, he was very believable. But when I spoke to him, I sent him a voice note and he replied. When he replied, I said, wait, something's not right. You see. But you won't blame people that are caught in this trap because deceptions are not like open scallum. You get the open scallum. The control the sound. Nice. I know that this echo. When our wall is finished, we're going to have crisp sound. Crisp. Say crisp. Crisp sound. It will sound. But now, we are still, we are still struggling because there's not curtains and carpets. It's coming soon. Okay. Loyalty and disloyalty problems is not seen openly. Do you see? And, and, and attitudes and mindsets is hidden. You can't see it on the face. But I want to guarantee you that it's Satan's chief weapon, deception. Yeah, deception. You see, I thought I was right, but I was wrong. That's a deception. You were deceived. I thought I was right, but I was wrong. Be very careful. And th there's no better country for deception. It was first Nigeria, the biggest deceivers in the world. Now it's South Africans. Yeah. Oh, let me rather rephrase. I think South Africa is leading the open theft. Open theft. The Nigerians, they mastered the, the, yeah, the deception theft. Like one lady said somewhere here in Delft, she was hanging her washing on the washing line. And she put the basket here, then she hanged the washing. And every time she turned back to take out another one, the previous trouser is gone. So she thought to herself, it ek me nou for beer. Ik heb mij nog verbeeld, ik heb die rooi broek op je lijn gegaan. Ach, misschien is het mij verbeelding. Dat zijn Afrikaans. Maar de thief dat helpt je de most is deception. Ja, je denkt dat de mensen zijn met je, maar ze zijn niet met je. Ze zijn tegen je. Amen. Dus ik ga tackle dit subject snel. De demons in those who leave you in rebellion. The demons that operate in the lives of people that leave you in rebellion. All right? Before we get to that, I want you to understand that it's not wrong to leave any place. There's, of course, genuine cases why you must leave. So I will, I will try my best in the short time I have to unpack it for you. And the first 
few minutes is for the, mainly for pastors. So you can also understand why people leave us. I didn't get to it yesterday, but I had a sermon prepared yesterday about the laws of loyalty. I never got to it. The first one is that the pastor must first be loyal to his subjects before he can expect them to be loyal to him. Are you with me? People attack the loyalty message because it's anti-satanic. And the devil now looks for all type of reasons to say, oh, no, man, they want people to stay in their cult. They want them. It's, it's, oh, don't be afraid of such things. It's all lies. It's accusations. It's accusations from the enemy. Even we, we, we have a great bishop who gives us his books. And he wants, he's encouraging us to teach from the books. <laughs> So, ah, they don't hear the Holy Spirit. They teach from the books. These are all accusations. If you didn't know Satan is the chief accuser, he accuses you of things. In other words, they will say, And I know there's some of you sitting here that also think like that because your pastors, I'm sure they also use some of the materials that Bishop has made available for us to use. But Paul told Timothy, the things I've taught you, teach it to other people. Then he said, I wrote you a letter. You see? I wrote you a letter. Read this letter to the Ephesians. And when you are finished, take that same letter and go read it to Galatia. And go read it to Philippi. Yeah, it's letters. But when we say turn, we don't say turn to the letter of it. We say turn to the book of Corinthians, isn't it? Turn to the, it's books. And he said, these books must be read here and there and there. He said, don't teach anything else other than the doctrine you've heard from me. Doctrine means teaching. The teaching I've taught, teach it to others. So when a great man like this, who is a pastor to me and tells me, my son, here's some material, teach the people. Then you get idiots that say, oh, they, they can't, and the Holy Spirit is not working. Say, Mark, you laugh. Translate for, what is that? You make you late. <laughs> but remember, ladies and gentlemen, the fruit of ministry is the key to ministry. Where's the fruit? No, they met your slim prates. What can they for me waste? I show you what I've accomplished by doing my ministry according to what I'm explaining. Teaching from books, doing this, doing that, honoring my father. I can show you what, what the Lord has done for me. Hallelujah. No fright for you. With tears in my navy blue eyes. What can say my voice? Say must no slim. Zij zei me zo, nee, maar die heilige geest en die en die. Wees mij wat dit zei, man. You ain't got nothing. You're going backwards slowly in the reverse gear. But you've got mouth to speak. Today we buried a woman here. I was surprised when I heard her resume. How many cell groups she planted. She didn't speak much. When I spoke to her, she was just always quiet. I used to ask all the questions. But when they told me this, this afternoon, 
all the cell groups he planted. And all the, the cell groups was overflowing. I thought this is a great member. More work, less talk. More work, less talk. More work, less talk. Why do people leave churches? Let's look at it. Are you, are you, are you, are you willing to listen? Yes. There's a nice tuck shop here also. With nice pies and samosas and, you know, many nice things. I always say that because there's some people that, that makes them awake and excited about being here. Amen. Pastors, I don't blame people who leave some churches. Amen. Because if you look at what's happening in the world today, I'm sure you saw on the news before, even SABC would have shown it, that many Africans are trying to get to Europe. Have you noticed? Some of them jump in these boats to cross the Mediterranean Sea. And the boats don't always make it, and the boats capsize, and they will have on the news. 35 Tunisians died. They were on their way to France. You know? There's even one story of a Ghanaian who climbed in the, in the airplane's wheel. You know, an airplane has huge wheels. So when the airplane goes into the air, the wheels come back, and it, like, closes. So there's a whole catchment area that captures the wheel. Do you know that many times Africans hang on to the wheels of aeroplanes? Then when that aeroplane goes up and the wheel goes in, shh, there's a little space there that you can. And one African almost made it. He almost made it. Most of them die because the temperature in the sky is almost like minus 30, minus 40. You always travel, then what do you see on the... Minus 30 degrees, minus 40 degrees. It's below freezing point. The higher you go, the colder it becomes. You didn't pass geography, no, no. You don't know what I'm talking about. That's why snow is always on the mountain tops and very seldom in the valley. Do you see? Because the higher you go, the colder it becomes. So this man jumped into the hub of the wheel and he was almost... Making it somehow, I don't know, he put on very thick clothes. And he was, <laughs> was hiding, he wanted to go. And then his face was like ice cold, like you could touch crystals. And because his hands froze in the air, when the wheel opened for landing, you know, the wheel opens about probably a thousand meters, uh, I don't know how many hundred meters above sky. But I must not come, sack man. Say, will must up, man. So when the wheel opened, he couldn't grip anymore and he fell dead just before the plane came to Heathrow Airport. Yeah, in Europe. He died in Europe. I was in France some years ago in Paris, Paris. You must say, I'll be there. If you, if you say, I'll be there, then the Lord hears your heart and some of these things happen to you. Amen. I was in Paris with my wife. <clears throat> and I was surprised. Paris is one of the most historical cities in the world with the Eiffel Tower, these 
big buildings, very close to each other. I saw under the bridge, our African brothers, they put up tents there now. They're there in France. Yeah. On the pavements, under the bridges. And you must know, things overseas is not like here. People have this mind that people are not dishonest overseas, you know? When I was in America with my son, in, uh, was it in Greenville or somewhere? I was surprised that I walked into a shop. Listen to this. There's no people sitting at the tills. You, you must take your groceries from the shelf. You take your trolley, you take your grocery from the shelf. Then when you come to the till, you scan it yourself. Then you put it in the trolley, then you take your card, then you put it in that machine. That machine will say 798 rand. Then you put in, then you must type in everything, self-service, the, take the bag, then you can go to your car. It's see, my chummies, You know? The first time I saw that, don't let me lose train of my thought, but the first time I saw that was in, in Oxford. I was in Oxford, England. I've traveled many places. And I was walking in the street in the night, and this guy came with newspapers, stack, and they put it also outside the shops. I said to the guy that took me there, so what is this? He said, no, the, news, the, the shop owners, they come early in the morning, then they open and then they take the newspapers in, put it on the shelves, and then they sell it to the public. But, <laughs> actually, but there's nobody here now. And the papers are here. There was not just the papers and some magazines, you know. He said, no, but the people don't take things here. When I was in France, my wife and myself, she's not here, so I'm going to scan about her. No? We got on this bus. There's no conductor. The driver sitting in front. Nobody asks you for anything. Say, rain it. So I asked the lady at the hotel, how does these buses, you know, you must buy a ticket there at the kiosk center, buy a ticket, then you climb onto the bus. Occasionally, there'll be an inspector that climbs on at certain, just check if everybody's sorted. Fine, fine. My friend, how did I get into all this? I'm busy talking about why people leave. I was talking about why people leave. So I'm, I'm back to Africa. So if people can die in, 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 by running over the desert, brother, the, the Sahara Desert, to get to Europe, if they can climb on boats that's not seaworthy, 
and hanging airplane wheels. My question to you now is, what are they running away from? Wait, wait, don't answer. Think. I can tell you it's not the weather because it's not nice to live in England. I was in England December, January once. It's so cold, I couldn't believe that people can live in England. The dogs have blankets, the horses have It's ice cold in London. Yeah, it's ice. Who can say he play, man? Is he for men, Sadini? The only warm place is on a football stadium because you're all sitting packed. That's why the people go to the soccer stands or in a pub. Because you sit in a pub. But the question is so the weather is not nice in Europe. It's not nice. Why do Africans run away from Africa? They don't even like the food in Africa, in Europe. They don't like it. They like their own food. That's why these guys, this is my friend from Uganda. They are here in South Africa, but they, they prefer their own food. Yeah? Chapati. And what's the other one? Matoki. Yeah. There's another friend from Uganda. These are my pastors. I have international pastors. We're starting a church in Uganda soon. He'll tell you. You can offer him a McDonald's burger. He said, you say, nah, chapati. A sewer duck roti. For you to understand, it's a duck roti. That's a duck roti. It's thick. He makes it nice, this pasta. Yeah. And then my Ghanaian friends. Where's my Ghanaian pasta? He's, he's on his way. Yeah, one is a pastor for me in Chesedown. One is a pastor for me in Johannesburg. I have a church in Johannesburg. There's a pastor that is from Ghana. And the other one is here. Evans, where is he? He's on his way. Yeah. They will tell you. They love their own food. Jollof rice. Uh, groundnut soup. What's a peanut butter soup, yalla? Can nuts. Peanut butter soup. It's called groundnut soup. That big white meal bowl. Where's the Robbie? Huh? It's a big white... No, man. Uh, what's the big white thing they eat? A big white, uh, like a millipop bowl they eat. So they dip it in the... Kinky. And you now there's, the, there's the thing for this... Um, yeah, they... Fufu! Fufu! It's a Ghanaian, yes, a Ghanaian. I forgot, I forgot you from Ghana. Yes. If you have to choose between the plates now, you go for your Ghanaian food. Isn't it so? It's, Ghanaians don't like salad. It's a fantasy. It is mostly a Pokemon. Don't give me salad, I'm not a goat. Is that true? They want real food. Yes. I, let me rush with this. I'm telling you something that Africans run away from Africa, not because of the climate, not because of the food. You know why they run away? Because of bad leaders. Do you understand? And we don't blame them because the leaders in Africa, by and large, you know, 
They only feed their own stomachs. And they don't care about the people that lives the masses that people don't live. You know, when South Africa became a democracy, my bishop, Bishop Dag, he told me, your country's going to go down. Yeah, he said it's going to go down because of African type of leadership. Sorry, you must just take this. You can argue, but you can't disprove us. Yes. You can't disprove us. Your country's going to go down. He told me way before load shedding. He said it's going to start by Dumso. They call load shedding Dumso because when, the, when it goes off in Ghana, it goes boom. <laughs> nah? So, all right. So, yeah. Before it happened, he told me it's going to happen here. Then he told me, number two, your railway lines is going to stop running. He told me, it's not like prophetic. He's just telling us what he saw in other countries. The whole of Africa. I traveled across Africa. Uganda. I was in Kenya. I was in uh, all the southern African countries. I traveled all of them, then, then, then. Mozambique. I've been to Ghana. I stopped in Nigeria. It's the same. Few tad roads, few. And all is gravel. Only the road to the president's house is nice. Yeah. So I'm saying this to you then. We can't also now look at loyalty with eyes and say, people must stay by pastors because some pastors are like wicked leaders. Are you hearing me? Don't misunderstand what we're saying to you. We are, when we talk about being loyal to a church and to a pastor, it must be a good world pastor. Otherwise, I will also tell you, come away from the church. Are you with me? Yeah, no, we're not talking about that. We, I'm going to talk now about the demons in those who leave. But I first want to explain why do people leave churches? Why is it legitimate to leave a church? Amen? Most people who explain why they leave churches are actually not telling us the truth. Sorry about it. Um, but number one, people will leave churches because the Lord may allow them to leave to correct a foundational mistake in your ministry. And one of the mistakes is that when you start a church, you grab anybody to help you because you don't want to start with one or two. It's a begin with the she was man. Now, you take any dictum and they say, come join me, join me, join me. That's why people who also start churches, they say, take any run away from another church. You oh, don't even ask, why were you away? Why did you leave your former church? You don't ask, they shook net man, And that's a foundational mistake in your ministry. I had to learn hard through that and some people left me because they were never supposed to be with me. But because of my fear, I just took anybody. Eventually they couldn't stay. Amen. That's one of the reasons. Number two, um, you know how Abraham took Lot with him when God told him to go. But God told him he mustn't take family members. Do you all remember the story? God said to him, Abraham, you must go to another place. I will separate you from your family. But he took Lot with him. And all the problems that Abraham suffered was because of Lot. Yeah. Then the Lord may also allow people to leave you to humble you. Do you see? I'm just talking to the senior pastors here quickly. 
the Lord may make you humble, because he said in Deuteronomy 8 verse 2, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee, 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee, and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart. Yes. So sometimes the Lord humbles you. Uh, and it's not easy. Amen. Bishop Dag doesn't tell everybody the story, but his own family members also wrangled him in Switzerland. He started a church in Geneva. And his own brother-in-law turned took the church, ran away with his old church. So he said it was a humbling experience. Now I'm teaching loyalty to everyone. And look how disloyal my own family is. Yeah. It happened to me also, Pastor Chris Ross, the one that nicely teaches, that nicely explains things. Yeah. I mean, such a nice pastor like me. Why would you want to leave me? Sometimes the Lord allows it to humble me. My own family deserted me. Yeah. Then number three, the Lord may allow people to leave you because you have allowed your members to stay ignorant by not teaching them about loyalty and disloyalty. Are you listening? I'm telling the pastors why people leave them. You have allowed it because you didn't teach about loyalty and disloyalty. And the devil feeds on the ignorance of the people. The devil will your own whistle. You know, one day I, I met a friend of mine. He's a pastor, but he's a friend. And then he one day told me, he was showing me Bishop Dag's books. He said, you see all those books of Bishop? I read them. But I don't let my pastors read them. He said, no, you see, because... If they know these things, they will be too clever. Then they don't need me to teach them. So I was thinking to myself, no man, this is not right. You see? You see? Did the devil, uh, he, he thrives on the ignorance of the people. I would rather tell all my pastors, read the book. Here's the books. Read the books. The only reason why I haven't released my books, I've written some books, it's only on a computer because of my, my, my pastor's instruction. Only when the Holy Spirit tells you to release a book, release it. You see? Because I'm, I'm just waiting on that. Because he said there are so many books that, the, that every, pa every pastor thinks he must write a book. But it's not from God. You know what Bishop told me? Sorry that I must, I will always hear me talk about my pastor. So you must also talk about your pastor. Yeah, I'm teaching you by example. Yesterday I told you, don't just listen to what I say. Observe me. See, see, hear things I come out of my mouth. The spoken and the unspoken words. I will, oh, there's not one sermon that I will preach without mentioning my mentor. He told me, Pastor Charlie, you didn't get this revelation yet. He says, you know what happens the, the strategy of the zebra, the strategy of the zebra that makes it hard for a lion to catch him. Do you know what is the strategy? It's the stripes on the zebra's body. You see, it confuses the lion. Yeah, so he sees stripes. All he sees stripes. Now he sees, he's a cop. He's a cop. 
So we don't know where the animal starts and where the animal because the stripper And he can't hit the target. Yeah. So Bishop said, what's happened now? Every pastor thinks he must write a book. And the genuine books are hidden in the melee of so many rubbish. You hardly can get to the real books. Do you see? That's, that's the only reason why my books are not out. I, have, I wrote a book called Order. Yeah. Out of Order is the name of my book. Out of Order. God has given me a, a mission to, to, to like order. That's why I get angry quickly when things are out of order. Anyway, but I was saying all that about the many books that, that, that he told me, keep the people ignorant. I said, no, 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 no. The people must read the books. The people must, we brought Macarius, all those books. We've got books galore. Read, 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 read. The devil tries on your next, say what, next witness. Yesterday I told you the story of that young boy that came to rebuke me. I'm sure he didn't read any book. As that the geest wat op hem, as that the gier. Look, ladies and gentlemen, please. I studied at university, me. Bishop Dayak studied seven years. I studied eight years. He did one degree, I did different degrees because, but I, when I'm in the church, I'm surprised at the way how people don't use their minds. They spiritualize things that mustn't be spiritualized. It's good, no? Now, but all the gears get us warm. They must heat the cup and the gas and the heat the set, man. You know, Delft is a is a is a. Notorious for robberies, gangsterism. When it's load shedding, I tell my home shells, don't have a home shell when it's, when it's load shedding. Close your cells. Pastor, gloed your hand in the year. Pastor. I'm surprised, you see, people are ignorant, you know. Ignorant means you have no knowledge of that particular subject. And they, they stay ignorant. And the devil loves ignorant people. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. So you see, I drive a BMW. It's an old BMW. But in your mind, it's also... Kijk, ik kan wat hulle rin. Ek wil ook een pastor word. Ek kan ek ook zoeken. You have no understanding. You see? And the same with loyalty and disloyalty. You have no understanding how the devil works. Then that's why you can have a stupid slogan. It's nothing to leave a church. I can still be friends. You have lack of understanding. Okay, let me, let me finish with this, pastors, and I'm going to come to, to the crew. Are you still here? Don't keep the people ignorant. Satan will take advantage of your ignorance. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Absalom led 
200 men who went in the simplicity of their minds. The simplicity of the mind means ignorant. All right? So you can teach nice messages of prosperity. Was a pastor Diedrich, he used to preach in the Platteland with this white tent, then he used to say, Take for my man! Take for my! <laughs> Look, it's very crucial that we understand this the simplicity and the ignorance of the mind. Because Satan will take advantage. You can preach messages of prosperity. You can preach messages of miracles that God's going to do for you. Bring your, bring your schuldbrieven more aan. The kracht van God is here. Bring all your schuldbrieven. Bring your achterstallige rentpapier. The Heere sê, nou is die dag van verlossing. I'll tell you the problem a lot of people have. I'll tell you. Must I tell you the problem a lot of pastors? Pastors don't understand. I don't have that gift to speak so nice with rhymes like and stuff like, like my friend. Pastor there on the corner. You see. They say your setback is just a setup for a setup. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Don't be afraid. Your test is just a testimony. Uh, and for every issue, there is a tissue. Can you? No, no, I'll tell you what confuses people. Don't they say, who could they pastor and Ook het hier aan een duizend seat kijk gebouw. En die kijk is vol. Maar hy ken dan nie die rempiesie. You see, ignorance is what the devil tries. You, you don't know that the devil is in the church and prevents the church from growing. Because when I told you the importance of loyalty and disloyalty teachings, you mocked it. You, you said, ach, dat is nie belangrik hier. Say when it say that and set up and break up and and I think the same problem with Bishop Dag. When they see Bishop Dag, you can ask him. He told me once when he was in Ghana, Bishop Dag was he didn't even ever think Bishop would be as big as he is. He told me. Because there were other more powerful men of God. Then you come to a teaching pastor like me. You see, why is the church so big? You see, great men of God like Theo Vomerans. You must watch Theo Vomerans. 
I say this respectfully. It's almost like if I must use our colored language. You're one of the most boring preachers to listen to. But every Sunday morning, 3,000 people sit down and listen to Theo Bomara. 3,000. There was no jumping. There was no shouting. There was no rhymes. There was just, don't even sweat. He just make his cave so every time. You'll notice him. You see, we are fooled by what makes churches work well. And we don't realize one of the, you see, you can't build, you can't plant a crop and don't put a fence around it. What we are busy with today is called the ministry of defense. Yeah. I leave the prophetic preaching to these guys. This is a prophet. This is another prophet. This is also a great prophet. They will preach about what God can do. But when I come, I tell you what you must do. You don't like that. You see, you just want to sit. You are real South Africans. You will alles for niet Alles for niet But if I start to tell you what you must do, I should get dinner, man. Bulabuti dance, man. Yeah. I didn't know how to help me. Sorry, man, this thing. My son brought me this new machine from America. Now I'm struggling, man. Anyway, number four, the Lord may allow people to leave you because you despised your fellow minister when his church broke up. Take your falika. Pastors here in, this, in, in my circles, please, we don't get thrilled when churches are empty. You know, one day I was stood with my, my men. We went to visit a white church. I think we were hiring the church for some dinner or something, the white energy churches. So the, the caretaker said, no, we, we don't have, we have church every second week. Because <laughs> there's not a lot of people. And if we have church, about 10 old ladies come. So one of my pastors made a comment about how powerful we are and how we will set this church full. And he was right. And I said, listen, brother, listen. This people is 100 years old. We just started. I can tell you when they were young like us, this church was packed to capacity. But after a while, you see, things happen that caused us. We must rather pray and say, Lord, let the next generation that come after us not mess around and waste this building that I built for them here. Now this, this building will outlive me, you see. But I pray that these new pastors that will come here, that they will not miss. And, and, and eventually we only have few, few people Then we have to put black curtains there to cover the back of the church. Yeah. But, but we don't mock another pastor whose church is not working. Don't do it because that's a seed you sow. And then eventually your church also can't work because take you for liquor to the anakeki. Are you hearing? I think that's enough for the pastors. I don't want to give more to the pastors because I have a great problem in the amount of stuff that I want to share with you, but good. 
That's enough. Now, one more thing, maybe I must say, the Lord will allow people to leave you because they, your destiny does not include that people. Your destiny does not include that people. He says in 1 John 2, verse 18, listen to this beautiful scripture. Is that any NLT? Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that the last hour has come. Just the next verse, listen to this. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged to us or with us. Are you with me? Otherwise they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. Do you see? Is it a powerful scripture? They left us because they never really belonged to us. And the last reason for the pastors why people will leave you so that you can feel how the Heavenly Father leaves when people leave Him. Yeah. It's not nice when people leave your setup. Amen? So that you can also feel how the prodigal son's father fell when he left. All right. Now, very important. Virgil, uh, just come sing a song quickly. I want to talk to you about the demons in those who leave. Now, I'm finished with the pastors. Now, I'm coming to you. All right? Because this is crucial and important. But I have him to sing a song because not everybody can concentrate so long. Is it nice? Is it a nice up-tempo song? So they can also stand and dance with you a little bit. Amen. Who can look from your land to see and to quiet? Let me tell you something before I start. I'm going to a conference, if God spares me, the first week of August. It's in Ghana, Bishop Dag's annual conference, Keep Thyself Holy. Do you know what time the conference starts? 6 a.m. in the morning. Do you know what time we go out? 10 p.m. in the night. You can now net begin to go like you I don't get invited to speak at a lot of churches because I focus on the work I have to do here. But I have a lot of church members. So what I've decided to do, whenever somebody invites me to speak, I take a large part of my leadership with, you see, because I find that I don't have time to waste. And if that people there, they're not well taught, wherever I'm invited, if you're not well taught and you don't appreciate the word of God, at least these 200 that I bring with, they will sit and enjoy my preaching. Because they've been trained to be hungry and to listen. Then when I say I'm closing, then my team goes. Then that people scream. Huh? 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 Satan has really got it right. You know? The devil is so regekry that he, he makes us think that like this is abnormal. But this is not abnormal. Paul preached and a young boy fell from the balcony. He broke his neck. And then he slept. But Paul is a long prayer for us. And Paul just went down, laid hands on him, 
and he rose from the dead. So even if you fall off this chair, because these chairs do break sometimes depending on the capacity it can carry. Yes, I will only come and lay hands on you and the power that was on Paul will flow also through me and you will be resurrected again. Amen. Virgie. We can all stand, let's all stand. A faithful man who can find loyalty is so important to fight those who spoil the church deal with all forms of disloyalty now don't allow those who are ignorant to lead many people astray discontented always murmuring ignorant people are dangerous Disloyalty. Deal with disloyalty. Deal with all forms of disloyalty. And one more thing, fight it, fight it, fight disloyalty. Oh oh, crush all the enemies of the church. Mm -hmm. Oh. Now don't allow the accuser Silence him every time you can Cause accusations, they will weaken you And take away your confidence See, Absalom was the one who attacked his very own father and Absalom he was a dangerous son he did not honor his father a faithful man a faithful man who can find loyalty is important to fight all those who spoil the church oh 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 disloyalty disloyalty deal with disloyalty deal with all forms of disloyalty and one more thing fight it fight it fight disloyalty oh crush all the enemies of the church oh 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 is the one who separates himself from the brethren the spirit of Lucifer is a spirit of pride it makes you separate yourself don't let Lucifer make you separate yourself 
from this family See, cause Satan is the one Who rose up in rebellion Say disloyalty Deal with disloyalty Deal with all forms of disloyalty And one more thing Fight it, fight it Fight disloyalty, oh yeah Crush all the enemies of the church Oh, 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 oh Oh, 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 See, now Judas is the pretender In the midst of the brethren See, you would think that he is with you But you will never know What is on his mind Planning And plotting Always having secret meetings Stop Judas From pretending That he's loyal When he's actually disloyal A faithful man a faithful man who can find Loyalty is important To fight all those who spoil the church Oh, 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 disloyalty, disloyalty Deal with disloyalty Deal with all forms of disloyalty And one more thing Fight disloyalty, oh Crush all the enemies of the church Oh, 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 oh. Mm -hmm. Those who leave you Those who forsake you They behave like the prodigal son The prodigal son he left his father's house He walked away and did not even care See, they walk away And they don't care Oh no! What effect it has on you Everyone Who hears this song Make up your mind to never be that way Disloyalty Deal with disloyalty Deal with all forms of disloyalty And one more thing Fight disloyalty Oh, crush all the enemies of the church Oh, oh, oh Let's come to what I wanted to really share with you today. Um, demons that operate in those who leave. If you have books, then it's, if you have the book, it's chapter two. I don't, most of the things I say is not in the book, but the book has the main points. All right. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Pastor Chris Ross has? He has? He has? Beautiful. The spirit number one 
Those who live in rebellion. Now, just before this, I explained to you that it's not, it's not always wrong to leave. There are some times you have to leave. And I gave you a few pointers, you know, because of bad leadership, Africans are running away to Europe. The country is nice, the grass is green, but bad leadership. All right? Now, there's nobody that's above the word of God. When your leader tells you to do things that's not in the Bible, you don't have to do it. You should not do it. The Bible is the main guide for all of us. It's the word of God. And the highest authority is God. Amen. It's to save God, all of us. So once you see a, a leader is totally out of line, then it's not always wrong to move but you must move peacefully. You mustn't leave bad smells about the church or say bad things about the church where you live. That's the key. Now, it looks like people who live in rebellion, they have many things to say, but it's to cover up for their own problems. Are you listening? Yes. Now they want to equate every, say, if you leave there, then they don't like you. Uh, they are cult. You see, that is just nonsense. They're covering up. But let me tell you, there's a spirit that is in people that live in rebellion. Because rebellion is the devil's problem. The devil's problem. So the first thing we see, and I'll explain it to you now nicely, as I always do, Pastor Chris says what? The first spirit we see in people who live is the spirit of Lucifer. The spirit of Lucifer, and listen to me fully before you make judgments and then you will understand this. The spirit of Lucifer operates in those who live in rebellion. In Isaiah 14, listen to the first lever. You're not the first lever. Hello? Don't think you're the first lever. No, there was a lever before you. His name was Lucifer. Where did he leave, you say? He left heaven. And look, I'll mind you after you, before you, there was another lever. The prodigal son. He left his father's house. So you're not the first lever. So is he specially? Don't even think you're great. I think that some people, the first time they send the letter of resignation, there's some greatness. Just see how they're going to skirk now when I send this letter. They're in for a shock. <laughs> you are deceiving yourself. And I know some of you here, the Holy Spirit is telling me, you were already thinking of writing a letter, but then you withdrew. Then every time. Now that mind is not a good mind. The first spirit we're going to address today is the spirit of Lucifer. Isaiah 14, 12. Listen, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? <clears throat> For thou hast said in thy heart, 
You see, this is the thing, not, on the, not what with the mouth, but the canna. The mind's art, or what? There is no art to find the mind's construction in the face. William Shakespeare. William? He says, For you said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high. <laughs> Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Amen. What is the spirit of Lucifer? The spirit of Lucifer is the spirit that moves out of place and out of rank. It's the spirit that moves out of place and out of rank. Satan is that great example of a rebel who left the service of God and became an enemy. And since he did that, he has inspired all rebels and all leavers. What is his primary aim? To destabilize the church you are building and to destroy the work of God. If you were here yesterday, I recommended the book, but I didn't tell you to write down everything I recommend. I told you only today, so maybe you missed it. I say it to you again called the Fall of Lucifer by Wendy Alec. It's a British woman, I think. It's difficult to read the first two chapters because it's, the words are very high. Woolworths English, Woolworths. <laughs> but after the first two chapters, just try to get through the first two chapters. Then, 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 then you will enjoy the book nice because it's explaining things in heaven, you know? And a lot of the stuff in heaven is like precious stones, topaz, emerald. It's explaining the things that Lucifer saw. I'm here to explain to you in that book, you will see that Lucifer was not always the enemy of God. Hello, hello. He was first one of the main angels and the Bible says it clearly. The Bible says he was one of the chief angels in heaven. He was actually the music pastor because when he made like this, his, his whole body was made of uh, like flutes and, and cymbals and trembles and every time he moved there was a sound coming from him a symphony yeah and then because there's a rank in heaven he was one of the main angels yeah there's uh, Gabriel we read in the Bible Gabriel the messenger who came to Joseph and said Mary's gonna have a child blah 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 that's that he's, he's one then the other one is Michael the ark the fighting angel the one who wore, Gabriel was. And then there's Uriel. There's, uh, there's three or four archangels. But you can see in the book, it talks about, she writes this. It's an imaginative book, but it's, it's so nice, man. It's so nice because you get an idea that they were first friends in heaven. We don't know how long because God always existed. <laughs> and he had angels before he made man. Do you understand? He made man later. And the book explains how Lucifer got a little jealous because of this new creation that God was creating and the, this creation was different to the angels. 
so different that he got jealous because we were made in the image of God. Then started to complain, started to murmur, and he called Gabriel, spoke to Gabriel. But Gabriel said, no, man, I can't go with you. Look, some of the things is not, is fiction, but you know one thing that's true. He took a third of the angels with him. That's scripture. Yeah. So it's obviously must have spoken to Gabriel also. said, Gabriel, me bruma. Lost the omen. The pastor will alleen gaan betraat. The pastor prik alleen elke zondag, man. Ons lijn, man. Ik ga mijn eerste ding begin. I'm going to start my own thing, man. You see, so he's the, he's the primary example of a lever. Yeah, that came and spoke to, tried to convince the angels. You got it right. You know, the Bible talks about trillions and trillions of angels in Revelation. Multitudinous numbers of angels in heaven. So he took a whole lot with him because he deceived them. And they were kicked out. You say, oh, how, oh, how. There's the book. That's the cover of the book. Nice. Who's that? Who's so good there? Give that man a bell. Another bell. A, a donut. <laughs> the fall of Lucifer. Who's going to try to read the book? Let me see. Don't just sit here. I say no you moeite. I tell you stories. Yeah, Pastor Makla. No, no, no. Did you read it before? You like it? There's part two and part three. My daughter read all the books, isn't it, James? You read all the books? Yeah, it's nice. I just read the first book. Because it's too difficult. I I name up Topaz and Jasper and Emerald and Brogleron and Brogleron. But later you start to realize, okay. In the first chapter you use a dictionary every time. What is the, what is the? Then later you say, oh no, this is the same stuff. It's just different gemstones. Heaven is full of gemstones. Yeah. The Revelation just talks about this, the, there's a sea of glass. Eesh. There's no waves, no, the sea is still like glass. And the walls are made of jasper, and the streets are made of gold. Hey, beautiful. There's no need for light there. The Lamb himself shall be the light. Hallelujah. The Son of God. That's where Lucifer was, his rank. He had a high rank. He was not a normal angel. Hey. You see, when you start to learn the things that we teach here, and that Bishop teaches us and other great men, you understand rank and order. Many of our churches are out of order. That's what my book is called, Out of Order. You don't understand rank. Wie zei, hij is net een mens. Hoe kom het alle dagen iets en oos moet hier iets? Uh, harde donuts. Alle iets. Maar je moet begrijpen, rank. Rank is zo so important dat when, 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 when Michael fought with Lucifer in the book of Jude, he fought with Lucifer. Go to Jude. Jude only has one, one chapter a few There's a portion that says he, didn't, he couldn't rebuke Lucifer. You know why? They were on the same level. Come on now. 
Rebuke can only come from the top down. Are you with me? That's why we even tell you, take cleansing. You can't rebuke your mother and your father because you're at the bottom. Uh, a rebuke only comes downward. It never goes upward. Upward rebuke is rebellion. You are out of order. You are in rebellion. Listen to this. Yet Michael the archangel when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. He dared not bring an, a, a, a railing accusation, but he rather said, the Lord rebuke thee. I, I can't rebuke you because we are on the same level. The Lord rebuke thee. So I'm trying my best and I'm, I'm here for 19 years now. Trying to teach my people order and respect. Now we get some of our new members, you can see. So I told my old guys now, at the gate I came in and I said, listen. They told me about this guy. I said, listen, don't tell me about this guy. You were just like him. Now you are well behaved because I taught you, I taught you what is manners and rank and order. Now you must teach him and I got him here from where I begin with you. Teach them the culture of this church. You know what is the culture of this church? It's the culture from the Bible. We don't rebuke people. Only from the top can the rebuke come downwards. Yes. Are you listening? I'm only trying to explain to you who Lucifer was. He was a high-ranking angel. There are levels of angels. There are ranks. There's no democracy in heaven. No, there's order. Rankings of angels on different levels. Are you with me? And angels are here. They're on earth. They're protecting you. Yes. Oftentimes you see they make an appearance in human form. Like they did when they visited Abram. The angels came to him. But they came in a bodily form. Oftentimes when people escape near-death experiences, they say there was a man who pulled me out. The, 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 the police is looking for that man. Nobody can find him. There's no address. There's nothing. They could only decide this must have been some foreign thing. It was an angel. Just before I fell in front of the train, something, somebody came to pull me out and lifted me up. Hey! There are angels all around. I can hear the brush of angel wings. I see glory on its face. Amen. Hallelujah. And you have angels protecting you, going with you, guiding you. You should have been dead a long time ago. You don't know. It's invisible. Invisible hands are waiting to guide me. Invisible hands to show me the way. Wait, too slow. Let me continue. Lucifer. He wants to destabilize the church. You see, why people that leave want, want to influence you? Because they know they're going into a cesspool of destruction and loneliness and nothingness. They don't want to go alone. 
Lucifer didn't go alone. He, he affected a third of the angels. Go with me. That's what the Bible talks about hell. You know what it says about hell? Hell was never made for man. It was made for the devil and his angels. That's the third of the angels that went with him. God then created a hell fire, a place of eternal torment. That this Lucifer will burn and his angels will burn. And demon spirits, they all come from the, 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 the spirit world. They are, that, that is where hell is made for them. But all those who reject Jesus Christ will also go with them to that place. That place of torment. I'm talking about Lucifer. The archetypal wicked one. Now he wants to destabilize the church. And the best way he can do it is to poison your leadership team and give them reasons to leave you. Now you must listen carefully. Are you still awake? He poisons the leadership team. That's why my leaders, my leaders, many things I make compulsory, like this is a compulsory leadership for us, for our. It's Lizzie, where's Lizzie? Yeah, I get the names of those who don't attend. And then I mark them. Because they have no interest in something that can save their lives. Right, now, the best way to do destabilization of a church, affect the pillars. Affect the leaders. I'm not if you know a house with pillars is strong because you can build. It, it, pillars carry weight. What is the purpose of pillars? They carry weight. Are you with me? You see, there's still pillars there. They carry this roof. Yeah. We could have tried to put that steel just there on the wall, but it's not gonna. You need something stronger, like a steel pillar, so we can put more stories on top here. Amen. So any of all of your top leaders in the church, they are the pillars. Now what the devil wants to do is to break the pillars. If he breaks the pillars, the building comes crashing down. You remember Samson pushed down the pillars of the temple and then the temple came crashing down on the Philistines. So that's the devil's strategy. Are you listening? We are still talking about the spirit of Lucifer that is in the people who live in rebellion. Remember? Because he was the first one who left like that. You, you are not the first one. Don't brag about you leaving. You are like Lucifer. So Satan targets associate pastors, co-workers, and important people in the church. That is why you must focus on your leaders, pastors. Satan is focusing on them, whether you believe it or not. Working hard to poison them and to turn them against you. He's working hard to sow the seeds of doubt, fear and confusion in the people you trust most. He's working on the people who are most important to your mission. So we must rise up and teach the things that will stabilize the hearts of people. This is why I'm doing this. Every year there's a conference called Loyalty and Disloyalty. Because we must stabilize the church. Ministry of defense. Ministry of what? Yeah, yeah, we are defending. A football team can't only win by attacking. You know, Liverpool is my team. It's the best team on the planet. And Liverpool was struggling to win the league for many years. Because they always had the best strikers. Do you see? 
Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen, Suarez, Torres. Great strikers in rush, but they could never win the league because they were a superb attacking team, but their defense was weak. You see, you can't just win by attacking or a forward movement. You must have something to defend. Uh -huh. Now we can say, oh, people are coming into the church. Oh, lekker kijk in nieuwe gezichtjes. Daar is jouw forwards, maar daar zie defenders. So when they finish, joop, out. Six months, joop, out. Oop, uh, there's no defense. We didn't fence the church. We didn't fence the farm to prevent people from just leaving. How do you fence a church? You teach loyalty and disloyalty because of the hearts of the people. In that book that I'm teaching out of now, there's a story of Prophet Kakra Baden. Bishop doesn't mention the names, but I know these people. Prophet Kakra Baden, and I, my mission to Ghana in, in a few weeks' time is to bring, to convince Prophet Kakra Baden to come to this church. And he, he's, every time I ask people, they come. Because of my face. I just have a kind face. One day somebody told me, a, a bishop from Namibia, you know, you must try if you can get Bishop Eddie added to your church. He said, it's very hard to get him, very hard. But you must really try your best if you get that guy. So I took my phone, I said, look here. Yeah. So I had a conversation with Bishop some time ago. I said, look. So I said, you must come to my church. And Bishop Eddie said, you just say when, I'll be there. So I showed it to him. He said, Pastor Chris, how do you get these things right? I said, my face, my face. When they see my face, there's, there's nothing they want to change. Because I'm amazing just the way I am. Kakrabaden. I'm going to bring him here. But he, is, he says, one night God gave him a vision. He said, he showed him the vision. He was sleeping. In the vision, sometimes you can see yourself sleeping. He was sleeping on a bed. And a dark figure climbed through the window like an intruder. And the intruder came to his chest and took a knife and cut like a, a, a C-shape. It was like a door. And he opened the chest. And he was busy putting his hand in there when Prophet Takra woke from sleep. And he said, the Lord said to him, this is the devil coming to put something in your heart. You better pray against the devil who's coming to put something negative in your heart. The devil never brings anything positive. He comes, it's slick on your heart, sir. Skillig vind sy fout met die kerk wat sy by is. Want daar is die foutie. An intruder came in the night and put something in your heart. Sometimes you should not see people look depressed. You say, Lucy, what's wrong, Lucy? No, no nothing, pastor, nothing. Maar as hy lig, hy klaar iets in jou hart gesit. The spirit of Lucifer. Number two, number two. Another spirit that comes into those who live is the spirit of false prophecy. <laughs> Operates in those who live in rebellion. 
and 99% of people live in rebellion. They won't say it. They have a reader. I get a reader. I get a... What's that number? Hey, the punks are the most human. I read the... I can't make it go where I say. I get a reader. I get a reader. I get a reader. Om yara tadi Ek etaryada Ek etaryada Ek etaryada Om die yara Ma, ma, anas Ek etaryada om jou kek te verlaar Ek etaryada Ek etaryada Always a reason. Why did you go? Now we know you are fornicating. Say slap met the young in your pastor pregilte did in the the sexual perversion. No fools any comfortable in it. But they say any daisy riddane. Say it to my Anna Ridder. Then they say yelte. Ik heb de reden, rechte reden. Ik heb de reden om je kijk te verlaten. Ik heb de reden, ik heb de reden, ik heb de reden om je kijk te verlaten. Listen, there are many. You can ask me anybody that has left my church. I tell you now, in rebellion, there's either some sexual, mainly sexual sin. I tell you the truth, I lie you not. Sexual sin. As I did, I see how I see mama, that's your daughter that don't sleep. You see me, I'm a pastor that I like truth and honesty. Because I'm also a human being, I also make mistakes, I make failures. My mother taught me never to lie. You see? So when I address things, you see, then people are uncomfortable because now, now I'm scratching where it's not itching. So I'll ask you, why do you let your children sleep together? It's not right, it's not in God's word. They must stop it, they must either marry or, you see? Now what you do? You don't, you don't do it. You still, now, now, now I find, Ek hoor, I man slaap daar. Ek hoor, I slaap nogal. Pastor, maar hulle slaap hier samen. Ek het de rede, ek het de rede, ek het de rede, om die kerk te verlaat. Now there's something called false prophecy. False prophecy. All prophets are not honest and not true. A lot of prophets prophesy. You know, I don't want to make prophets bad, but you get a lot of prophets who just come and say, the Lord said this and the Lord said that. And you mustn't get a word by a prophet because they are false prophets. The prophet can say new dimensions. 
I see the Lord is saying new dimensions. What do you do in your church? You're an assistant pastor. No, but the Lord is saying to me, you have much greater things you can do. I see new dimensions. You must move higher, says the Lord. Right, so now you say, hey, you're worried about this. The next time you come again to a conference, the prophet says, hey, I remember giving you the prophecy. Have you moved already? New dimensions, you see. But the prophet is chasing you. He's a false prophet. He's also been used by Satan to destabilize the church. But you like the word of prophecy. I was working with a pastor many years ago, and every time he let me preach, he let me preach because I preach well, as I always do. Amen. Then people would come to me after the church and give me compliments, and then many, it's so common in people to break up churches, then they would say, you must be on your own, man. You are, you, you, you are a powerful preacher. And I realized even then how the devil works through people. You see, you must pray to God that once, you see, but it's, if, the, if my pastor didn't give me the stage to preach, nobody would have known me. He gave me the platform. He made me preach. Well, the first prophet that wants to come, the Lord shows you got something. You got something. It's very dangerous. You mustn't lend your ears. Come as Lisko Yesta Konings. First Kings 22, 20. Please, NLT. Come, NLT. Makkelke Engels. And the Lord said, Who can entice Ayab to go into battle against Ramoth Gilead so he can be killed? There were many suggestions. Verse 21. And finally, a spirit, a what? A spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. In other words, I'm going to go to tell him he can go fight. You see, and then the spirit worked through a prophet. He worked through the prophet. Uh, and the prophet said to him, you can go. It was many people do things because a prophet tells them to do it. But you must follow the voice of the Lord. You know, Ahab followed the voice of the false prophet and he was led to his destruction. The spirit of false prophecy happens to rebellious people and they are actually persuaded by the devil to go to their doom and destruction. Yes. Destroying churches and causing confusion in the vineyard of the Lord. Only God can tell whether they are sent by a spirit of prophecy or by a spirit of false prophecy. Mercy. You see, how can you build a church God wants to build. How will God build your church and then suddenly take your pillars away? God doesn't build and destroys at the same time. God only builds up. Are you with me? But there's called the spirit of false. Who shall convince Ahab to go to Ramoth Gilead and be killed there? And the spirit came and said, I will go. And the spirit was in the mouth of the false prophet. And when he said, will the Lord give me victory in Ramoth Gilead? The prophet said, yes, you can have it. It was a lie. It was an ambush waiting for him there. But the false prophet led him to his destruction. Yeah. No easy thing what I will say. Easy thing what I will say. Can I say it? I will say it. And I will say it. And it will not be my care. And I will not be my care.
COVID-19. COVID-19 was another picture to show me who believes in my voice as the shepherd and who doesn't believe in my voice. I don't want to tell you what we did, but there was a confusion over vaccines, blah, blah, blah. And I stood up, the shepherd of the sheep here. And I said, sheep, there's confusion in the world because many false prophets are speaking. Yeah, the church name is Facebook Ministries International. And there's a new church that opened around the corner, TikTok, God of Light Ministries. TikTok. That pastor is saying that, Facebook Ministries is saying that, but I, your leader, your shepherd, whose voice you know, who has led you through many difficult times. I say, sheep, let's go this way. Many of my sheep went after the voice of the false prophets. To destabilize them and to destroy them. It's a tragedy. Those who leave you. It's a tragedy. Because it's not long. They leave you to time. And to God. You will see. You should never have left your place and your rank. You should never have gone. You can't trust your pastor in a crisis time. You can't. You can't. You listen to Prophet Gubli Gub from TikTok Ministries and Prophet Chang Lang Fu from Snake in the Eagle Shadow Church. Your pastor who's been guiding you all these years. And let me tell these pastors as you listen to me. The people we lead by and large come from poor communities. And I admire all of you for working amongst the poor. I also work among the poor because the gospel is preached to the poor. But I also realize poor people are ignorant in many ways because they were disadvantaged in many ways. And there comes a time when confusion hits the people. Then you as the leader must guide the sheep. Don't say, oh no, do not what you think is right. Who the hell? Who the hell has my opa always said? Van Graaf Renet. Who gaan die mense weet wat hem te doen? Sy weet dan nie eens wat hem te doen is. Hy sê vir hulle, maak net wat julle dink is recht. Me, I, as for me, for I. For I. I find it very hard what happened in that pandemic. I find it very confusing because I even the Lord told me, speak about the spirit of confusion. Because there's a confusion and the leaders are not rising up to guide the people. I said, ah, what do you want to And by your men say, it's going to do it. It's going to do it. Go do it. But the leaders won't take responsibility, you see. You could have saved the people. But you kept your mouth shut and your people listened to the spirit of false prophets at Giggly Gop. TikTok Ministries International, Facebook Ministries, Facebook Light of the World Ministries. The pastor who didn't know them, who never met them, who's got no interest in them, but these words, wow, I will listen to this pastor. He never visited you, never gave you anything. I never prayed for you, never laid hands on you, 
Hy weet nie wat sy lekkie, hy soek jokie by sy huisie, want sy soek net goed, hy soek net geluk in sy garaas, blijf weg! I'm correcting incorrectness in the church. You must listen to the voice of your leader, your shepherd, as long as he listens to God. Amen.